And then we have our invitation song, Just As I Am, 488. Dr. Larry Bradley Amen. for our message. Good morning, once again. Isn't that a beautiful thing, the dedication of a child to the Lord? Praise the Lord. Once again, praise the Lord, you guys. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Yes, hi, Jody. Oh, well, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. Well, this month has been Pastor Appreciation Month, and so my class has gotten together and got you a card to show you that we appreciate you. Oh, thank so you, Jody. Our cards for my Sunday school class. Oh, cards for your Sunday school class. Thank you, Jody. You're quite welcome. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so wonderful. Thank you, Jody. Oh, wow. Thanking God for you, remembering your work of faith and labor of love. Amen. Oh, we got a little... Got a little money in here, too, <laughs> and a nice message. Oh, that's so great, and some, a little letter in there. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. Thank you so much for your class and everyone, and, uh, and this one, too. God bless us. God bless us with both of you. Your leadership, wisdom, and teaching are such a help and comfort for the times in which we live. So thankful the Lord brought both of you to our church. Or more money, oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you so much, Jody. Amen. Making me cry. <laughs> Amen. Well, I want to thank um, I want to thank Brother Greg for uh, filling in. I heard great reports about your preaching, Greg. I, I, I got to see you on the first Sunday, and uh, you did a fantastic job. I don't know if you know that. Greg was doing double. Do you know Greg is also an actor? How many know Greg's an actor? And so he was, uh, the, the Sundays he was preaching, he was also acting at the Gallo Center. You know, all weekend, every Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and also a, on a Thursday, wasn't it, Greg? So after he preached here, he had to run over there and act and perform. So he was doing double duty. So I thank you, Greg, I, so much. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. Amen, you guys. So we're going to continue now in, um, in our uh, series. Uh, we started about four weeks ago called Cal uh, Calvary's Core Values. And you might remember the first two values we looked at. We looked at the value of prayer. That was number one. Second value was worship. That was number two. And now the third value of Calvary we're going to look at is the value of fellowship. Fellowship, okay? Now, fellowship, in the Greek, in the biblical Greek, the word for fellowship is the word koinonia. Uh, that's, uh, that's a little uh, something for all you koinonia group people here. The word koinonia means fellowship. You know, and fellowship, koinonia also means, has the idea of sharing, participating, contributing, uh, fellowship. You know, it's something you make a conscious decision to do. You have to make a conscious decision to do, to share in, to take part in, to contribute toward. Now, there's a movie 
a true story that was made into a movie called McFarlane USA. Anybody ever seen that movie? A few of you, a few of you. Uh, it's a movie about a coach by the name of Jim White who um, accepted an assignment, him and his family accepted a job in a, a poor farm-working town called McFarland, California. And his uh, students that were members of his team affectionately called him Blanco, which means white. Um, he was, uh, Jim, Jim and his wife and family, as they lived in, in McFarland, one time there was a, an unfortunate incident where his daughter was um, slightly injured when, uh, when a, a group of punks, really, uh, assaulted his, uh, his team at a grocery store parking lot. And this caused him and his wife to really reconsider whether or not they want to stay in McFarland. Because he just got another job offer in a, a prestigious high school in Palo Alto, California. So... There's a scene in this movie where him and his wife are, are lying in bed talking about this. And he tells her, his wife Cheryl, you know, this, this school in Palo Alto is everything we wanted, honey. But you know what? She wasn't so sure that was the right decision. And she told him this. She said, his wife said, but do you know how they talked about how her daughter got hurt just the day before? Do you know how she got hurt, she said? She said, your team jumped in front of her. They were protecting her like she was family. And she said, you think you're going to find that in Palo Alto? Ah, ah. So Jim had a decision to make. He had to decide whether or not to stay in McFarland, to, to, to move to this prestigious school in Palo Alto, or to stay in McFarland. To, to be part of the community, to contribute to the community, to fellowship with the community. You see, fellowship is what we're talking about this morning, the value of fellowship. Specifically, we're going to talk about fellowship in the context of the Christian community. Fellowship in the context of the Christian church, the body of Christ, this morning. So then, so then, as we do that, if you have a bulletin, and let's see, I think I left my bulletin. Let me see, who am I going to ask? <laughs> oh, thank you, Ellie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ellie. All right. Everybody know Ellie? Ellie came forward for membership. We're going to vote on her on October 30th, and several other people for membership to be part of our church. Thank you so much, Ellie. And in the back of your bulletin is the uh, paragraph, our value paragraph on fellowship. And I'll go ahead and read that if you'll follow along with me. And then I'm going to have us read out loud together the sentence underlined right on top, okay? So let's go follow, just follow me as I read. It says, fellowship includes the joy of sharing friendship with other members and encouraging one another. The quality of fellowship with one another comes from our fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every member is expected to be gracious and loving toward others. Fellowship. Now, if you'll read together with me aloud the sentence right on top that's underlined. Shall we do that? Here we go. Ready? 
We value the importance of building relationships and strengthening the body of Christ through fellowship. Amen. Amen. In other words, in other words, we we know the need for fellowship uh, in the body of Christ. We know the need to build relationships in the body of Christ, and we value Christian fellowship. We value Christian fellowship, both for what it is and for what it does. We're going to take a look at those two questions this morning, what it is and what it does, okay? So first of all, Christian fellowship, what is it? Christian fellowship is fellowship with those who fellowship with Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Christian fellowship is fellowship with those who fellowship with Jesus. Listen, listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says that God has called us into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christians are those who have been called into fellowship with Jesus Christ. So then, how is it that we fellowship with Jesus? We fellowship with Jesus by confessing him as our Lord, by receiving him as our Savior, and by following him as our leader fellowshipping with Jesus Christ. See, our fellowship with Christ is participating with him in the life of God. It's participating with him in the divine nature of God as born-again children of God. Fellowshipping. Fellowshipping with Jesus is living in union, living in union, and this is in your bulletin, with God, living in union with God. It's living with the triune God, in union with the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let's take a look once again at our second sentence in our values paragraph. It says this. It says, the quality of fellowship with one another comes from our fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our fellowship with one another comes from our fellowship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a beautiful picture of the very first Christian church in the book of Acts chapter 2. And I'll have us turn to there in just a moment if you, if you want to get ready for that. In the book of Acts chapter 2, and the day of Pentecost had just happened. The Holy Spirit has, was poured out upon the believers in the upper room. They began speaking in tongues. Peter uh, went out and he, he preached to a large group of Jews there in Jerusalem. 3,000 of them uh, repented, turned to Jesus Christ and got saved. And now you have a new church. This is a brand new, this is the first Christian church. And you see, what is the first thing they did as a church? They did what? They fellowship. Every day, they would come to the court of the temple, and they would fellowship. There were four things that they devoted themselves to, and that's what we'll look at right now. If you look, if you have a Bible, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Four things that the first church devoted themselves to, and it says this. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this. They devoted themselves to... The apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
Those four things. Those four things. The first is this. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They were drinking in together the word of God as taught by Jesus' very own apostles, the 12 apostles. The apostles were teaching them what Jesus taught them. But especially about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He, they were teaching them the word of God. And do you know the word of God is the bedrock, isn't it? It's the bedrock. It's the foundation upon which the church is built. So together, together as a church, they were drinking in the word of God, taking it in. Secondly, it says they were, what does it say? It says they were fellowship. They, they, they devoted themselves to fellowship, koinonia. Koinonia, you know, uh, fellowship with each other as believers in Christ, believers brought in union with God to have fellowship with God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, Apostle John says this, Our fellowship is with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our fellowship is with God. Christian fellowship is a fellowship that is Brought, been brought into union with God and in union with one another. That was the new covenant. That was the promise Jesus made before he the night before he died. He told his disciples, John chapter 15, I no longer, he, he promised them a new relationship. He said, I no longer call you servants or slaves. I call you friends. You see, our friendship with Jesus, our friendship with God was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. It, it, it was bought. We are made right. We're, we're justified through the blood of Christ. We're justified with God. We're made right with God. And we're brought into fellowship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the new covenant. That's the new relationship. That's the fellowship that we are blessed and graced to have only through Jesus. All right? And then third, and then third, the third thing they did is they, did, they, they devoted themselves uh, together to the breaking of bread. Now here in this verse, the breaking of bread probably means that participating of the Lord's Supper, partaking of the bread and the wine, or as we do today, the wafer and the juice that represent Jesus' body and his blood. Many of you know our sister Betty Marcado went to be with the Lord just about two weeks ago. Her sons wheeled her to church, this church, two days before she passed. And uh, Brother Greg delivered the Word of God, and he distributed, he distributed the, Lord's, the Lord's Supper. Now, one of her sons, Daniel, took pictures of Betty and he shared it with me on, on a text. Uh, taking the Lord's Supper, taking the bread, taking the juice. And uh, her other son, David, told me that's the first time. That was the first time that all three of them partook of the Lord's Supper together. That was, <laughs> they did it participating and fellowshipping as a family. In believing in Jesus Christ and in union with God. So the, just like the first believers, just like the first believers, they were 
They were fellowshipping and breaking with the breaking of bread. With the breaking of bread. And then lastly, lastly, is the fourth thing that the first disciples, the first church devoted themselves to was prayer. Prayer. Now, there's many things. There's many things that the, the church, the Christians, can disagree on. Amen. I mean, we can disagree on a lot of things. There's a lot of, there's a lot of minor uh, doctrines that we can split hairs on. There's a lot of denominations doing different things. There's a, there, but, but you know what? There's one thing that we all agree on, all denominations, the common denominator that unites all Christian denominations, and that is the belief that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's Lord, and he, that he's to be worshipped as Lord. And you know, one of the ways that we worship Jesus Christ as Lord is that we pray to him. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. He identifies himself as a Christian this way. He says, I, Paul, <coughs> along with those in every place who call, uh, who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, he identifies, the calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is prayer. That's what Christians do. Christians are united by the worship of Jesus Christ, and the worship of Jesus Christ is expressed in prayer. One of the means by which we express our worship to Jesus Christ is through prayer. What does Romans 10, 13 say? All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the uniting, the fellowshipping of believers in Christ united with God. So not only does it, the fellowship of, of, of Christians, not only is it a union with God, but, but it is enlive, en, enlivened by God. Enlivened by God. Given life by God. Experiencing life, God's life. Let's take a look at our paragraph once again. Next, take a look at the first sentence in our paragraph. It says this. Fellowship includes the joy of sharing friendship with other members and uh, encouraging one another. Christian fellowship should always be a fellowship of joy. Do you see it there? The joy. Why? 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 Because it's a fellowship of love. It's God's love. It's fellowshipping in the in the love of God. And it's not just Christian fellowship is friendship and fellowship isn't just a friendship camaraderie. It's deeper than that. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fellowship with Jesus Christ in the midst, his life-giving spirit in the midst. You see this, listen to this. God created us as social creatures with social needs. Our greatest human needs are social. They're relational. Uh, we're talking about fellowship here. Uh, we're social creatures with social needs. Now, when Coach White, when Coach White wanted to go to another school, he wanted to go to a nicer school with a nicer neighborhood, a bigger house, and a bigger paycheck. What does his wife tell him? Ah, ah, Jim. There are things that are more important than that. 
Do you, do you know what happened with our daughter? Do you know it was your team that jumped in front to protect her like family? There are things that are to be valued that are beyond material. Beyond material possessions. The strongest link to joy isn't the link to our material possessions. The strongest link to joy is the link to our relations. To our relations. The Time magazine had a page, has a page this week on, about mental health, the tips on mental health. And the title of this page says, How to Find Small Moments of Joy in Dark Times. And anybody knows we got some dark times right now, amen? And this is a secular magazine now. And in the beginning introduction paragraph says this. It says, one of the best ways to usher in joy is to strengthen bonds with family and friends. And then it goes on to quote a psychologist, a professor, professor of psychology who says this. The most intense joy experiences are probably experiences in relationships. You see, they're starting to get it. <laughs> it's relationships. That's what we're created for, relationships. Our deepest need, our relational need. Our greatest joy, our greatest fulfillment is found in relationships. You know, to fellowship with believers. That's something every Christian needs. All Christians need. You know, we have a women's Bible study Tuesday night. Uh, they've been meeting for a long time now. Cynthia told me a little bit of a story about, you know, they've been meeting even, even since the, through the COVID. When COVID hit and the church, you know, we weren't having big church. But the, the, uh, Mary Hale, she told me, is the one who said, you know, we, 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 we've got to keep fellowship. We need our fellowship. And so what did they do? The ladies, they would meet in the courtyard here inside. They all had their masks. They all distanced. But they met in the courtyard. They didn't want to stop the fellowship. And when the weather changed, whatever, they went into the social hall. And then within the nursery. Because they, they realized the value of Christian fellowship. The need, the relational need for fellowship. For fellowship. Amen and amen. So then, so then, we value Christian fellowship for what it is, a believer, it's fellowship of believers in Christ in union with God, enlivened by His Spirit. And then secondly, we value Christian fellowship because it is fellowship that builds the body of Jesus Christ. It builds the body of Christ, number two. As Christians, we are part of the literal, living, spiritual body of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head. We are the parts. And do you know what? Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says this. Because we are all part of the one body, we belong to each other. Let's take a look. Romans chapter 12, verse 5. We belong to each other. It says this in Romans, the 12th chapter and the 5th verse. So in Jesus Christ, we, though many, form one body Listen to this now. And each member belongs to all the others. We belong to one another. That fellowship, that oneness <coughs> in Jesus Christ. 
in Jesus Christ. We're, we're bonded together as the body of Christ to build up each other in love. I had a little rhyme to it, didn't I? Here's our baby. Here's our baby. You know, you might ask, why do I need fellowship with other, with other believers? Why? Why? Because you cannot grow. You cannot grow as a Christian by yourself. You need others. I experienced that myself in my early 20s. The first time I really started growing as a Christian is when I got involved in a small group. And I got involved in a small group and I started to grow. And our fellowship is what causes us to grow and to mature. And to mature. We cannot grow on our own. We have to have uh, we, we have to have others around us. What is it? What, what is it necessary? Why is it necessary? Let me give you four reasons. Why is Christian fellowship necessary? Let me give you four reasons. First is this. It keeps us accountable. It keeps us accountable to each other. Number two, it helps us to learn God's word correctly. Sometimes you get a little bit off base. Someone gives you a little correction. Number three, it keeps us in prayer for each other. Amen? Number four, it helps us to mature together as parts of the same body. Just like a, just like a, a growing, you know, a physical body, we grow as a spiritual body when we walk together in Christian love. Our fellowship builds up the body of Christ when we do what? When we encourage one another. When we encourage one another, it's in your outline. Let's look at the sentence again, first sentence. It says this, it says that we are, uh, have friendship with other members, encouraging one another. You know, every Christian, listen now, every Christian is called to be an encourager. Did you know that? Every Christian is called to be an encourager. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Encourage one another daily. Every Christian is called to be an encourager. How can we encourage if we're not fellowshipping? You know, the Bible says one of the main reasons we're to meet together is to encourage. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself, but encourage one another all the more. As a, you see the day approaching. What's the reason we're to meet together? To encourage. We're to encourage one another in the fellowship of the body of Christ. Of the body of Christ. You know this? The Apostle Paul was beaten. He was beaten very badly, more than one occasion, but on this one occasion, Acts chapter 14, he was beaten, he was dragged out of town, and he was left for dead. They thought he was dead. No sign, you know, no sign of life. I want to pick it up from Acts chapter 14 and tell you what happened next. It says, all the disciples gathered around him. We're in Acts chapter 14, verse 20. After he lied there as though he was dead, and they thought he was dead, it says right after that verse, of verse 19, it's in verse 20. After that, all the disciples gathered around him. And what happened? Listen to this. He got up, he got up, and he went back in the city. <laughs> the same city that they beat him, they beat him nearly to death. He went back in and preached some more. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Talk about boldness. Talk about boldness, but I want, here's the point I want to make. Him and Barnabas continued on 
And if you look at verse 22, 21 and 22, they went to other cities and they went large numbers of disciples. Verse 22, they were strengthening in the, the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And he says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now here you have the apostle Paul standing there, bleeding, bruised, lacerated, beaten up. And he, they're looking at him. And he's telling them, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Don't you think they were encouraged? What does the Bible say? It strengthened them. Why? This is a man who knew of what he spoke. You know what he was doing? He was setting the example. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. That's what, that, 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 that's what it is. We set examples for each other. When we fellowship together, we set examples for each other. The Apostle Paul was setting the example. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. And, 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 follow me as I follow Christ. A fellowship that builds the body of Christ. Not only is it fellowship that encourages each other, but it's fellowship of being gracious toward others. Look at the last line. We're looking back at our paragraph here. The last line is our values paragraph. It says, every member is expected to be gracious and loving toward others. Uh, gracious. Dictionary, the Webster's Dictionary defines gracious as being kind, courteous, merciful, and compassionate. Gracious. We are to be gracious and loving to all others. You know, one of the scriptures here, it's in our, it's in our paragraph here, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, says this. It says this about being gracious to all people. It's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Those who belong to the household of God were to have a special grace providing for the needs, being gracious and loving to one another as we fellowship together. Let's look back at that first church once again. Let's look back at Acts chapter 2. I want you to see how they were gracious to one another. We'll pick it right back up where, where, where we left off. Acts chapter 2, the very first Christian church. I want to pick it up at verse 43. It says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 43. It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now comes the part about fellowship. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to one another who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and uh, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord, look at this, added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that a great picture of fellowship? Isn't that a great picture of fellowship? Amen. This is a result of their graciousness and their love to each other. As they fellowship together in their homes, their hearts were filled with gladness, honesty, sincerity. 
And they enjoyed favor. Look at that. They enjoyed favor with everyone around them. And the church grew. And they continued to grow. And the fellowship that builds the body of Christ is a fellowship that encourages one another. And it is gracious to one another. We value Christian fellowship. What is it? It's fellowship of believers in Christ. The first Christian church devoted themselves to fellowship every day as they prayed, as they listened to God's word, as they shared the Lord's Supper like Betty before she passed. They were experiencing the joy and the fulfillment like the women's Bible study group on Tuesday nights. The Christian fellowship, and, and what does it do? What does Christian fellowship do? It's a fellowship that builds up the body of Christ like the building of a physical body. Like the physical body is built up. We come together to encourage each other. Like the Apostle Paul who strengthened and encouraged and set the example of what we must be willing to endure as Christians. Loving lovingly providing for one another in the body with honesty, sincerity, and gladness. Yes, Coach Jim White decided to stay in McFarland. <laughs> he decided to stay, and he made that commitment. He said this, that he was going to stay there, and it bore much fruit. You know, under his leadership, this is all a true story, under his leadership for the next 14 years, his team in this small farm uh, town of McFarland won the state championship nine times in 14 years. Uh, most of his students went on to college and had successful careers. And Jim and his wife Cheryl still live in McFarland. He retired in 2003. But you see what he did? He made the commitment. He made the commitment. Christian fellowship takes commitment. It takes commitment to the local body of Jesus Christ. Will you make that commitment of fellowship? It's what Jesus calls us to do. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of fellowship in Jesus Christ. And most of all, we thank you for the gift of fellowship with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't yet know you, doesn't yet have that fellowship with you, Father, let this be the day. Lord Jesus, you said, uh, uh, your word says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's just a matter of calling out to you. So just now, Lord Jesus, if there's anyone that hasn't yet received you as Lord, let this be their prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins on the cross. I believe you were buried and that you rose on the third day. And I now accept you as my Lord. I, I want to follow you. Save my soul, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me of my sins. I receive you now. And I commit, yes, to fellowship with you every day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, everyone.